welcome to the Wake Up Method. This is the Wake Up to Working from the Home webinar series. Morning, Josh, in the background. <laughs> My name is Barry, and today I'm joined by the wonderful Rachel Bai, director of a leading global fashion brand, and the gorgeous Polly Downs, our resident coach, mum, mate, and boss of everything. So over the past two weeks, the Chancellor has offered businesses and employees what seems like endless bags of money and support. And now as the reality of these schemes are sinking in, we take a look at how to best pivot and flex and rapidly evolve your businesses in these unprecedented times. So we're going to take the next half an hour talking to Ray and talking to Polly. Ray, can I call you Ray? I know you was Ray, not Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome, both of you. How are you? Good. Polly, how's second week of homeschooling going? Um, well, wonderfully today because they're at their dad's this morning. Yes. <laughs> Very calm and peaceful. Um, not as bad as I thought, actually. It's okay. It's good, yeah. And, and Ray, you're running the business empire from your dining room table? <laughs> um, no, it's a shared um, co-working space. I've got um, my husband by the uh, window and um, I'm on the left side of the television. So, um, yeah. <laughs> It's all good. Telly on? No, telly's off, telly's off. Um, Very good. But quite a lot of communication in the day, which is quite nice. Oh, and are we all in our pyjamas or do we all get dressed for work today? I definitely got dressed. Polly, I've seen those pyjamas. I was really excited to get dressed out of my pyjamas for the first time and put some slack on. Yeah, same. So our format is simple. We take three discussion topics and between us share our experience, ideas, insight and honestly, with a positive and practical focus. We're not experts, we're just sharing our, our views. I'll be sharing a live poll throughout, which should pop up on your screens. And we're running a Q&A, which is open now. So send any questions you want and we'll do our best to answer them. Um, and I'll do the poll in a second once we get talking. So we had a chat before and our three subjects for today, we thought would be good to look at are customers, staff and overheads and creativity. So Ray, do you want to kick us off like customers? Um, I guess my first question would be how you're supporting your customers. Maybe say a little bit about what what you're doing at the minute. Yeah, so um, customers are really important to us. Um, Obviously, we're a predominantly um, online business um, with a very small bricks and mortar estate. Um, We only have one pop up. Um, So in terms of our customers and our community, it's probably the most important part of our business. Um, We're really lucky that our customers are very engaged and they come across to us and basically very openly discuss um, information about where they're wearing their item to and just very engaged um, kind of community that we've got. I think um, in terms of kind of for us, we that's a strategy for us is obviously to grow our community. So in this current time at the moment, it's almost even more important to kind of show others how that community's communicating with us. So um, at the moment we're communicating via obviously Instagram is one of our most important platforms, but even just our customer care team who normally obviously only deal with orders are genuinely just reaching out to our current database and just checking in to see how they are. And um, obviously a sale now is so important, but in terms of the future, it's just, even if we can't get that sale at the moment, it's just making sure that our customers know that we're here. Yeah, and I guess online is the most obvious way, but I was curious about um, post. We were talking a little bit about, you know, Royal Mail or whoever else delivers the post. Are you using anything that's non-digital to communicate with your customers? 
Um, not currently at the moment. Um, I think people are, especially of this generation, are very much, um, obviously very much about eco, being obviously as, as digital as possible. Um, but I do think there is a real, like even myself, I love getting post, obviously when it's not a bill. Um, but I, um, I think there's a real sense of personal, um, personal touches. And I think we do do actually to certain customers, we will put in a personalized note into our package when someone's ordered um, because I think that's really important as well. Polly what you yeah thank you I was just thinking from a kind of coachy point of view about how we get our needs met if you like and obviously most of us are now isolating and quite a lot of us are just on our own and what your thoughts are around kind of getting something from an organization that's a little bit more than digital. I think um I've been quite impressed with how many of the organisations I work with are really trying to to be sensitive to their client base or their own their employees as well at the moment. So, whereas, for example, I'm meant to be starting a huge sort of rollout of a coaching programme for parents next week with a big organisation, and we've had to stop that because it's not going to happen face to face. But they're really, really concerned more than ever about how to keep the well-being, you know, putting the well-being of their staff first. Um, it really feels like people are really stripping back and seeing that humans are in the business rather than just it being about productivity. Um, and communication-wise, I suppose as a coach, what I'm doing is just checking what people would like, how people would like to be communicated with at the moment. So normally I, I would always prefer face to face and obviously that's not an option now. Um, and I think the assumption is generally that video is the next best thing. And I, it's not always the case. And I think with people, so people with young families and things, the thought of having to get the house tidy in order to have a Zoom call so nobody sees the crap behind them is a real, you know, that's an added stress. And if a phone call just allows them to just get quicker into the space where we can talk, I think that's really helpful. So I think giving them the choice of communication helps. Yeah, totally. There, is, there does seem to be a kind of, there was certainly last week, a massive raise in the need to communicate digitally and on Zoom. And I'm wondering whether that's going to dissipate. And Ray, I was just thinking about my inbox then, about how many companies that I wasn't aware that I was on a mailing list for that are updating <laughs> me about their COVID-19 response. And yeah. I was just thinking, how do you cut through that, you know, with, them, mm -hmm. with your messaging? How do you get mm -hmm. through all that? Um, and I do think there's like a time at the moment which is all about like digital detoxing. I think the number of people unsubscribing from newsletters as well. I think people being at home, this is an excuse too. So you need to make sure that any type of communication you are doing via newsletter, via any type of e email database is really valuable to that customer. So um, I do think there's quite a few companies at the moment spamming quite a lot in terms of getting emails every day. Um, I think also obviously where um, people's emotions are at the height at the moment, it's just making sure that you're connecting on an emotional level. So. At the moment, we are, as a business, um, nominating people who we think are just doing an amazing job out there, um, and we can nominate, and we're going to gift them just to say thank you. Um, so again, not a financial um, benefit for the company, but more a, um, a reach out to tell our community that we really care and that we're going to do something. So um, yes, yeah, making sure it's really valuable. It does really feel like an opportunity for businesses to demonstrate their values rather mm. than their value. Um, and I think that's coming across, isn't it? Like you say, like you get people that seem to be selling on the back of, <clears throat> and, it, and it 
doesn't quite feel like the right opportunity whilst appreciating that people have got businesses to run it's it's possibly an opportunity to demonstrate values no definitely and I think one of um, our five values is being really humble um, I think the two founders who started the business have done obviously an amazing job but I've always stayed really humble throughout the whole experience um, so therefore I think they obviously want those values to pass on to our community um, and sharing to people saying we're humble we're all in our pajamas at home having to work really hard having to have quite difficult conversations whether it's with um, staff members with um, like customers wholesalers but we're all having to make sure that we're obviously looking after one another even if we're not in the physical presence. Well, that moves us on to the next piece, I think, which is staff and overheads. And we were talking about some of those slightly difficult conversations and we're doing it. We're doing a special kind of on that in a few weeks about how HR or how functions are having those really critical conversations with staff members right now. And yeah, what's your what's been your experience in that? Um, I think what um, for us as a business, we're still quite a small business who's obviously making quite a stance in the market. But um Obviously, in terms of the um, workforce that the founders have created and also the infrastructure, for example, our office was a living room, then it moved to a studio flat, and then now it's a um, just about a thousand square foot office. So we all kind of sit on top of each other, um, but we kind of obviously know that we need to go to the next step. So I think um, the founders have been really, really good at making sure that they haven't over... Um, I don't know what the right word is, kind of like over-exceeded um, what they've needed. So I think we're very lucky that we're not, um, obviously I sit next to my husband, who works for Pricewaterhouse, who obviously is a very massive multinational company. He can sit in his own pod in an office, have, have no one communicate with him. Um, so I think... Dream. <laughs> <laughs> my dream come true. <laughs> um, but I think, um, yeah, I think it's more the difficult conversations of kind of what's next, what does... Um, what for the team and also like we know that a new office is on the horizon that's been such an important part of our journey for us and it's not necessarily wanting some flash office we just want a meeting room or two we want a space where we can just um have a chat and obviously not be in a completely working um environment having a double fridge freezer things like that like just this i know the things that you kind of really want in life but um yeah i think they're the more difficult conversations. It's not necessarily anything to do with um, the teams. It's just more about what does the future look like? Because that obviously um, creates a bit more anxiety. And yeah, again, a really growing, quick start in business. Um, I think everyone's a bit more unsure of what the future holds. Mm. Polly, any thoughts, not to put you on the spot here, but and I, I don't know, but thoughts on how to deal with those kind of conversations where you don't actually have an answer. You know, it's like, I guess the number one question people are asking from a staff perspective is what's going to happen now or what's going to happen next? I think my feeling is honesty. I think this is just the time that everybody has to be honest. And I find it so reassuring. Even when you look at the government broadcast, when they're honest that they don't know, that's a lot more reassuring than the feeling that people are bullshitting. And I think so. I think honesty is really key at the moment. Nobody has the answers. And even honesty about hopes but that they might not come you know they might not happen who knows I just think we all this is a time where you just everybody needs to be really authentic yeah and, and I think there's you know there's the government are obviously doing what they can and some of that information I know for certain sectors in the workforce is still a little bit ambiguous and certainly the self-employed lot and my background in tv I'm part of so many groups that 
people are trying to share information and gather information. And, but I think for the majority of employees, there does now seem to be some clarity around, you know, how to go about claiming or how to go about figuring out plans. And I know businesses are doing their best to filter some of that information down. Um, thinking more about kind of fixed overheads, Ray, you said that you were going to go into a bigger office and, I, and I'm, I'm assuming that you've got some warehouse space. Um, yes. so how, how does that all work? How are you managing kind of their needs? And, and Yeah, I think in terms of the warehouse, it's kind of business as usual. Um, again, it's a demand area. So where there is obviously demand, there is obviously um, a an acquired workforce um, I think obviously again not having a big infrastructure I think also why we're not in a third-party warehouse we can obviously um, be a bit more flexible um, on the areas that we do have in terms of our stock management and we can obviously do certain things which if we were in a third party we couldn't do um, in, in terms of being a bit more personal with our customers um, like I said doing handwritten notes and things like that so I think um, for us, obviously, it is, a, um, it is a fixed asset that we do have, but I think it is um, something that hopefully in the long run will pay out for us. And just a really big question, but are people still buying fashion? You know, obviously, there's been a drop, but there, it, there is still an interest. Yeah, I think there's still an interest. Um, I think um, what they're wearing it for and the items that are being bought, you can tell that it's more... I'm going to wear this around my house rather than wear this to a wedding. So um, I think the end use, you can tell in terms of the, um, obviously what they're buying, it seems like a much more, um, we call it a once a day week, a once a day dress that you can wear like, once, sorry, a once a week dress that you can wear like once a week rather than obviously a sequined party piece. Uh, yeah, and will that, will that affect your kind of product? Because, you know, you, you run a really agile product service, don't you? You don't really keep huge amounts of stock, but... Will that adjust, do you think, creatively what you are buying or what you're making? I think it's teaching us that obviously our end product is very much occasion. That's what we were known for. And I think that as we're growing as a business, we're showing that there, there is appetite for those other pieces, that loungewear. Obviously, if you go on anyone's newsletter, it's like, I'm wearing this in my living room. Obviously, you might not want to wear a big sequin dress um, in your living room. Um, but I think it's also like at the end of the day, there's different brands to do different needs. And I understand that at this moment in time, there's obviously a hold on weddings, there's a hold on quite a big gatherings, but they're going to happen in hopefully sort of three to six months time. So I think there is obviously a need for the product that we do have. I just wouldn't want to swing too much the other way because that's why you've got other brands out there. Sure. Yeah. I'm loving the stories of people's Friday nights in where they do get dressed up in their sequin dresses, Zoom drinks with friends. So there's a re and you were saying, Polly, when you logged on, I was like, you're in your pajamas and your beautiful dress and earrings. And you were like, it's nice to, well, what did you say? Well, just it's nice to have an excuse to get dressed up, isn't it? Or actually put some real clothes on. <laughs> I was actually in a Zoom call with some coaches the other day and um, a stylist happened to be in the call. And she was saying that her greatest piece of advice for all of us is make sure that at least every two to three days you put on some structured clothing just to check in with your waistline. <laughs> <laughs> or not. I mean, <laughs> I've been heavily invested in elasticated loungewear for a long time now, but I'm not going to let it go. Yeah, I'm she said, gonna... beware the elastic. 
my friend. It's my friend. Look, I just quickly check in on the polls that we put out. We've had an interesting response, actually. So the majority of people that are tuned in today are saying 88% are saying they don't have any fixed building costs, um, which I guess says something about the trend that we were probably seeing anyway about agility and flexibility in terms of businesses. Um, and 100% of the people that have responded said that they can offer something to their customers for free. Um, and I guess it's that challenging and balancing between overwhelming your customer base with stuff and actually offering them something that they, they really would like. Um, and the last question we asked, which moves us on to our last section, which is about creativity. We said, do you feel creative right now? And 75% of people said no. They don't. So um, again, coming back to you, Ray, how creativity at the minute in terms of you, I guess, as a business and then maybe your, your sort of output, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think what's quite interesting is actually the non-creative people of the business are being a bit more creative and it's not being creative in terms of output of design. It's more like just their thinking. Um, so it's actually the more, um, the not necessarily the more um, structured parts of the business but for example someone on my team they're like okay do you know on a Friday we're all gonna get up and we're gonna dress up and we're gonna have a really nice meeting where we all share stuff we do like a show and tell and it's a very much more I think it's allowing people who wouldn't normally get to speak to everyone so we use something called slack um again where loads of people use teams and stuff like that and it's just allowing people to share kind of their ideas um we started, um, actually this has been nicked from um, my husband's company who um, has started this thing called Pods, um, but they've done it on a bigger scale. So there's only about 30 of us in um, the whole of the business and that includes our warehouse staff. And what we've done is we're in four different groups um, and what we are doing is we have split all the people based on teams, um, on um, obviously um, job role. And so I'm in a um, group with um, eight other people and within that, I've got someone from finance, someone from production, someone from customer care. Um, so from all different areas of the business. And um, we just ring and check up on each other. So it's people I wouldn't normally speak to. And um, we did a house party the other day. Um, we had um, our um, finance controller had his little boy on his lap, um, which again, being in this flat, we don't see little kids or anything like that. It was just quite nice to see a bit of normality because um, we hear him speak about his child every day at work. And it was just nice to have a bit more human interaction, which wasn't about work. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, and I, I was actually really shocked by that poll result there that people aren't feeling creative. Because for me, it really has drawn out huge amounts of creativity. But clearly, that's not the same for everyone. Polly, how's it with, with you, the kids, everything that you've got going on? Are you able to be creative right now? Um, I think a little bit like Ray was saying there, I think... I'm not in, so my normal um, understanding of the word creativity, I'd be thinking, am I, you know, making something, drawing or sewing, or my friend is like manically knitting at the moment, so I'm not seeing any of that kind of creativity, but I think I'm being creative in the way that I'm working, because I, that's where we have to be, so um, the thing about how we're pivoting our business and things, I'm not going to be getting, at the moment, it doesn't seem like I'm going to be getting new corporate clients in. Most of my clients are having to close down their business for now and furlough lots of staff. So they're not really able to do anything that we had in the pipeline. Um, but I'm having to think really creatively about that and actually what is, what, 
how, what can I do at this time with this massive change in what's going in my day-to-day -day business? And I think what I've decided I have to do is really forget about money as much as I can possibly exist and really be grateful for and enjoy the fact that I'm skilled to help people. I think coaching's got a whole, it's, I don't think it's ever been needed so much for our listening skills. And I think I've noticed a massive change in people. People are so much more vulnerable they're so much more open about what's going on so I think in a way that's almost a sort of creative change in the way that people are behaving at the moment because I think people are really being their true selves um it's a great time to just it's okay to make mistakes right now I think because everybody's human so it's quite a good time to be brave and dare to do something you might not have done whether that's like a zoom meeting and finally hearing about your pods ray that's something that clients are looking into doing with me now where i'll just facilitate groups of six to eight people just for, so that they don't feel isolated and they all feel realize that they're in the same boat and they're able to talk about their issues that they're facing so it's a new i suppose creative idea that's a good point actually the the sense of creativity for me happens kind of quite individually like I can come up with ideas on my own but thinking about other people that I know in my network they need creativity comes in relationship with somebody else quite a lot of the time bouncing ideas off and and all that stuff and so that may go somewhere to explain why people aren't feeling it and and not to plug the coaching world but actually maybe just to get into conversation with people and 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 share share your thinking um because yeah, you're right. There is a sense of forgiveness about at the minute, isn't it? That people are just gonna walk behind the screen or the thing's gonna cut out or we don't know the answer. And, and we were living just a few months ago in this hyper kind of perfectionist world, it felt like, you know, certainly in London anyway, there was this sort of elitist mentality, you've got to be the best. Now it feels like the rougher edges are allowed and, and that, that's quite nice isn't it it's quite forgiving yeah and I think the impact on us personally of working from home all the time is really it's huge and I haven't seen much written about it yet but I was I've noticed that I'm having really horrible dreams about things like my screen being on a zoom I got out of the shower and there's a zoom meeting going on I'd forgotten about oh it's real anxiety dreams about it and I do it's I work from home all the time having Zoom calls, but now that it's working from home with all my structure gone, so the kids are around, I'm not safe in my office that they're not going to walk in in the middle of a coaching session. I think there is a, quite a big element of anxiety to that for everybody. Maybe not so much for Ray when you can have your, little, your pod with your husband, but there is, there's an element of uncertainty. I mean, obviously everything's uncertainty at the moment, but in terms of your working structure, even that's not, like it is if you're at home in your normal space now we've all got kids, and, husbands and distractions but I do think and again I'm very fortunate that obviously I get to work with um, my partner just in the other room no not even in the other room just over there um <laughs> it's kind of I'm learning and kind of again him being in a much more corporate environment versus myself being in a very startup environment um kind of just again listening and learning from him um in terms of not necessarily understanding exactly what he's talking about but just again how he interacts with other people um, and also it's kind of quite a, um, it's a nice um, way to kind of see your other half or someone that you live with working um, and it's kind of a really genuine nice um, moment to then also be learning from that person and um, which 
um, yeah, it's a really nice um, kind of learning experience. Yeah, that's a really good shout. Yeah. Go on, Polly. I think we're all having those learning experiences to a degree, even if it's not with people that we live with, but also other people that we work with and being aware of their situation or getting to know more about their home situation and how they're managing it and how they're managing to carve out space to have these conversations. It's really, I think there's, there's so much that we're learning about other people that can only be positive in the long run. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the, the, what, the other thing that I am going to enjoy, I haven't had an opportunity yet, but I'm going to enjoy is a bit of self-indulgence, a bit of reading, a bit of writing, maybe even get the felt tip pens out, you know, just, just to see what happens. I'm not anywhere near a good artist, but just to sort of see what happens. And I guess there's an invitation to just be a bit expressive at the minute because we probably all have those little side projects in the backs of our heads that we would love to have a go at one day. And, and now is the opportunity. If we've got one thing, it might, for some of us anyway, it might be a bit more time. Um, and so, yeah, if you fancy to, actually I was on a call yesterday, a big training group and one of the guys on there showed us this picture. He was like, oh, can you see what it is yet, literally? Well, Paris, anyway, and it was a chicken, and he painted this chicken. It was absolutely amazing, and I was just like, I cannot believe you can paint chickens like that. I like seeing the not so amazing ones. Though. <laughs> I just saw this morning, and um, I think it was Lily Allen had posted a picture she'd drawn of a jar of marmite and said, "Don't know why I just drew a jar of marmite." And when I looked at it, I assumed it was one of her kids had drawn it, but it's like, <laughs> like a really basic drawing, but probably better than my standard but still pretty basic and I just thought that is so refreshing because it gets really frustrating seeing all these amazingly talented people yeah. it can start to feel a bit smug can't it or seeing the amazing muffins that parents are doing are making with their kids where you know I'm like lucky to get fish fingers out not burned at the moment. <laughs> so you know I think there's a balance and I think it is a really nice time to share your inadequacies rather than just your brilliant side. Nice. I'm not going to share my bathroom cupboard. cupboard. I've like properly like organised everything. That's what I'm quite proud of. Right, you do <laughs> that. Before and after required. Yeah. <laughs> an open community here, desperate to see the inside of your bathroom cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay, we're coming up to the end for today. Um, we, we, we set these, Polly and I set these up to be a nice light touch, not a big overwhelming thing. So we're keeping them to half an hour. Um, but before we go, I, it's just nice, I think, to just hear a kind of final thought, Jerry Springer style, or just one piece of advice um, or tip that you might want to leave the community today. So, Ray, I'll come to you first. Out of everything that we've said, what, what would be your kind of lasting legacy on the webinar series? <laughs> um, I think for me, is just know who um, kind of who's valuable to you. I think whether you're speaking to them every day or you're speaking to them once a week. Um, I think this time is a really good way to kind of understand who are the people who are your biggest supporters, who are the people that you need in your life to kind of take you to the next step, even if you're not with them in, in person. Because I think I'm learning that more and more um, that my biggest supporters are my team um, and the people that I work with. So it's just making sure they're okay and making sure that um, yeah, we're looking after those people. Lovely. So yeah, and, and I guess just coming back to basics on your values, um, you talked about um, being humble as a value and I, I really like that. So yeah, maybe coming back to values rather than value. Polly, what do you think? What do you think, Polly? 
I think it's uh, for me there's something really big about honesty and vulnerability at the moment so this is totally uncharted time nobody has experienced this before and no we don't know what's right and we don't know how things are going to you know what's going to turn out to be the best way to communicate or anything so I think just be a bit brave and you know, take risks to don't worry about messing up because this is the time to make mistakes and be vulnerable and I really don't think people are going to judge you for being unprofessional in the same way that they normally would so it feels like a good time to just try new things and see what works yeah and and I guess so summarizing that then if we were to think about pivoting and flexing normally I'm thinking about the government and the amount of pivot and flex they've <laughs> they've leveraged in the past few weeks and it one of the things that I've been hearing is that decades and generations of change have been able to happen in the space of a few days um, on our entire nation. So I guess if we filter that down just to what we're running in our organizations, things are possible. Um, it just takes the space and the bravery, I think courage you said, um, to take them. But now feels like the time to do it. Um, so trying to end on an optimistic note there, guys, you know. <laughs> All right, I think that's us for today. Thank you so much, uh, Rachel and Polly, for generously offering your time and your thoughts and your insights. And hello to Josh in the back. Just couldn't resist, could he, making a little sweeping. Give us a wave, Josh. <laughs> and thanks to all who registered and participated in the polls today. Um, we're back every week now. We've got a whole schedule booked up until May. So... You'll see me and Polly and a beautiful guest each week. I think next week we're talking about homeschooling with um, Sam from the Student Breakthrough. So he's a dedicated kids coach and he's got a whole set of strategies around how to homeschool without necessarily lecturing. Um, so he's really energetic. If you've got any questions in the meantime, email us at hello at thewakeupmethod.com. And in the meantime, stay positive and happy. I'll see you soon. Give us a wave, girls. <laughs> Bye. Bye.